So uh, Matt Myers, uh, marriage and family therapist, um, married 20 years, coming up in two weeks. Uh, um, three kids, 18, uh, 18, 15, and 12. So our, our daughter um, uh, just launched, um, went off to St. Olaf, and uh, so we're kind of helping her on that journey. Um, our 15-year-old's a, a sophomore in high school and, and starting to embrace um, uh, aggressive adolescent boyhood, um, which is a challenge for us. And our 12-year-old is the, the sweetness is slipping away. Um, and, and in the midst of that and in the midst of COVID, we're, we're trying to parent technology use just like all of you. And so, um, you know, do, the, do this work, uh, you know, professionally, I have, a, have an interest in supporting families. And, and personally, uh, the, you know, I'm, I'm in it too, trying to figure it out on the fly. Most of us uh, didn't grow up with a whole lot of technology. Um, if you had a, a video game system, maybe it was a Nintendo 64 if you were super, you know, super on top of things and super ahead of the curve, or, um, maybe Atari or something, maybe Sega Genesis for some of us, but certainly not as compelling and no social media. Maybe you had a, a, a cordless phone so you could have private conversations in your room, um, but, the, but the world has vastly changed. And so the, there's an ask of us to parent our children in, in a digital world without a template for, uh, for parenting. And so, you know, Dan and I, both parents, we're, we're in it along with you and have a professional interest in supporting families and in doing this as best as possible while being kind of blind at it. Um, uh, let's see, I, I could tell you that I'm a perfect parent, so I have got it figured out. Uh, but if my children were here, they would tell you that that is wrong. So I won't tell you that. Dana? Okay. Um, so I'm Dana Baker. I um, also married, gosh, almost like 23 years. That's crazy. Um, I have a 18 year old and a 16 year old. My yes, my 18 year old just went off to UMD, and oh, like as we were talking, having a lot of technology stuff going on too. Um, I have a 16 year old. I'm a Edina parent also, so my, I have a junior at Edina still. Um, so yeah, that's kind of about me. We're excited to be here. I love Colonial. It's so beautiful around here. Oh my gosh. It's just perfect night. We should just be outside, right? <laughs> so thanks for being here. Right. So, um, so we, we may share, uh, as we walk through it, we may share a little bit of some of our personal learnings as well as some, some professional uh, learnings that hopefully, hopefully are helpful to, to you all. Our, our hope is that all of us walk away feeling more, more confident in leading our, our children and kids that we're connected to and kids that we care about. Um, e even though we don't know everything, that you feel a little bit more confident in leading and, and maybe being a half step ahead in your leadership. So that's that's our hope, is that all of us walk away with maybe a, uh, maybe prepared to be a half step ahead of our kids. So um, yeah, well, so some of the things that, that we hear uh, kids say, um, uh, when, when we work with kids or work with families, um, uh, I want to be a professional gamer. Um, uh, my, my kids are texting at all hours or on social media at all hours. Certainly COVID has really interrupted sleep schedules and so technology has really sort of um, infiltrated the bedroom and sleep schedules. Those are some of the things that, we're, that we hear when, when kids and families reach out to us for support. Um, internet pornography and access to all kinds of things, um, catfishing and other kinds of challenges are, are things that families are really struggling with. 
So anything else yeah. that you've yeah, heard? Yeah, no, definitely. All of my friends, all of my friends, right? Yes. We love the blanket yep. statements. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and, and we'll talk. We'll talk about uh, uh, that one too. Mm-hmm. Um, we believe that that uh, online friendships are important and valuable, but uh, but qualitatively different than in-person relationships. And so we'll talk through that. Our, our hope is to equip you with, with some ways of looking at things, not to convince your children and, and the kids that are in your lives, but so that you feel confident as you lead them. The mistake that we make is trying to convince them into behavior that is uh, useful or healthy for them because they're pretty sure that it's not and you're wrong, right? <laughs> Um, so goals, we'll talk a little bit about some of the research, what we're finding, and we'll talk a little bit about strategies for, for us as parents and caregivers, people who care about kids. Um, uh, digital behaviors kind of uh, um, uh, separate uh, behaviors into different dimensions. So uh, there are traditional di- addictions that can be sort of facilitated online, right? Gambling, uh, sport, sports, what are they called? Sports. Sports Duel, Fantasy Kings, you know, um, on you know, all kinds of online gambling uh, applications, um, console games uh, offline. So lots of ways to play Xbox, play online too, but um, uh, play in your own sort of in contained environment, virtual environments, um, augmented reality. Anybody have an Oculus at home? Nobody really seriously. My my fifteen uh, year old got one. It's really cool. If you guys, if you guys haven't tried it, they're really cool. They are really cool. My daughter does it, and then she's like dancing around, yeah. and you're like, oh. yeah. <laughs> it's it's really kind of cool. Yeah, no, but but that's the well, that's where the future is, right? The merger of the of the digital and the and the uh, in person physical world, uh, and social networks. So connecting and, and being uh, connected online. Um, influence of games. I'm sure you guys are aware there's, there's like conferences, there's television shows. Anybody have Paramount Plus? I think Halo, Halo is Halo on Paramount Plus. I've heard that there's a Halo show. You watch it, Jeff? Yeah. I don't, I don't That's your know. show. That's, <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's, there's all kinds of, uh, all kinds of TV and media and, and, uh, uh that revolve around, uh, video games. It's had enormous influence, enormous influence. Um, uh, this is this is one this is a a, fo- a, um, a picture that reminds me of one of the um, Oculus games where you um, kind of step in and, and uh, uh, try and avoid um, the other sort of bots that are sort of attacking you. It's pretty it's pretty cool. So games are interesting because they're novel. For teenagers, I get to cre- I get to create sort of a separate version of myself to try out. Um, adolescence is a lot about identity, right? So that's part of what we're trying to figure out anyway. The virtual world allows us to, to practice and play with identity when that's a big part of what we're trying to, what we're, you know, a developmental task for us. Um, social media, so this is what, these are some of the things that happen in 60 seconds. Um, uh, this was from 2021. So in 60 seconds, 700,000 700, uh, searches happen online in 60 seconds. Um, uh, 100 new LinkedIn accounts every single uh, 60 seconds. Um, 168 emails sent. Right. 160, 168 million emails sent in one minute online. There's something like 300,000 tweets 
every minute of every day online. So there is an enormous amount of activity that we are, are um, collectively doing online, right? Much of the ways that we're working and going to school and connecting, there, there are ways that that's happening online. So this is having an enormous impact. So um, the, the stats aren't, they're not great, right? Um, so the more kids are on these devices, um, the more the attempts you know, likely to attempt suicide, more likely, likely to be depressed. I mean, you guys see this, right? Your kids have their phone, they have Instagram, they have Snapchat, they, you know, they're showing like, oh my gosh, Susie had five kids over at a sleepover on Friday night. Um, I, wait, what? I wasn't there. I, I just had a kid say that this week too. Well, yeah, I saw it. I saw it online, you know. Um, they look at that and they know they're not included. You know, before you and I, we used to be able to go home and shut that off. And we used to be able to say, okay, I'm just with my friends and my dog, you know, and go playing outside. Now they see it constantly. It's 24 hours a day. Um, you know, I, my, even my, my freshman in college, even last week, she's like, you know, mom, like all her friends are out, like all different schools. And some have big games, some like University of Wisconsin, some University of Georgia, you know, they have all these places they're going. And she's like, I just can't, I can't watch. I can't go, she, we're on Be Real. So she's like, I can't go on Be Real and I can't go on Instagram because my friends are posting like all this stuff. But then like when I talk to them, they're not really having fun. They're all homesick and they're all like, you know, they all want to be back, you know, all this. And so it's not right. It's not real. I mean, it's, it's kind of fake stuff. But then she also has noticed, I just can't do that because I get sad, right? I get sad that, oh, they're, you know, they're at the University of Wisconsin football game and I'm not there, right? So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And so, again, this is just, you know, teens at increased risk for suicide, uh, suicidality with increased screen use. Um, you know, we're not saying never do. I mean, we're all on it, right? I mean, you know, we all use our phones, but the more, just it's just the more hours you just see the more they just sit and obsess they more their mind spins and more they go down that rabbit hole um that's what's, when what's so intriguing here too is there seems to be uh, a, a reduction in suicidality at suicidal factors so thinking about suicide um making a plan and a suicide attempt they're actually up to about an hour and, and um, almost up to about two hours, under two hours, there's actually a reduction in correlation between some of these suicidal factors. So there's some curiosity, is, is some social media use really helpful, right? These are, these are corollary, so we can't say that they're causal, but there's a correlation. Um, uh, high social media use is correlated with, with suicidal thinking and depressive symptomology, highly correlated with, with suicidal thinking and, and um, depressive symptomology. A little bit of suicide, a little bit of uh, social media use is correlated with a reduction in depressive symptomology and suicidal thinking. So it's just intriguing. So not all, not all uh, um, social media, it may be bad. In fact, there may be a protective, maybe a protective factor here. 
we are really excited to be recording and so happy to take questions just want people to be aware that if if we uh explore conversation that anything that you say can and will be used against you in in the court of meeting house social media yes use a yeah use a fake name go ahead then i have nothing to say <laughs> <laughs> i was just curious with the correlation of like increased hours of devices increased uh risk for suicide is it broken down like the last couple slides? Like, is it mainly social media? This is this is just social media. Okay, the, not like augmented reality. Yep, gaming. yep. No, this this particular statistic is just social media, and this these this number is from uh, Jean Twenge, an author. Jean Twenge, uh, she wrote a book. What's the book? <laughs> She's written a lot of books, um, but the one that I'm thinking of, I don't, I can't think of. It's Red. <laughs> Red book. That one. You guys know it. Uh, th these are these are her uh, number. Her number. She did the corollary data, and this is pre-COVID too. So, as we get more info about how technology and excessive technology use has impacted us during COVID, we'll know a little bit more. But this is specifically uh, related to social media. Mm -hmm. So not just phone use. Uh, not just phone use. Yeah, yeah. It can be any platform, uh, but social media. Yes. Is there any research that you found in this of like what the content is on social media that they're engaging with? Like, because I've just seen like there's a yes, they're always seeing their friends post whatever, but there's also been this large uptick of engaging with like posting your opinion on political issues yeah. and standing yeah. up and using your yeah. voice. And yeah. there's like, is there any like research and correlation with that? Not, not that I'm seeing. Okay. And my, my, my personal opinion is there may be some value, some. We're polarizing ourselves, our culture is polarizing itself. And so there, there are ways that it's likely contributing to that polarization. But finding ways to use our, use our voice and do it respectfully, probably with mentoring and coaching and support and oversight, can be very useful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. So sure. great question, great question. All right. So. Uh, challenges of tech in school. Again, you guys have seen this, the, the drama, right? Um, lots of stuff that comes home at night and texting online and texting all hours, um, you know, about someone, they want to kick someone out of a group, they want to, they want to, you know, do something. And then that goes into school, right? And then the kid just can't concentrate all day because they've been online, you know, they've been texting their friends all night. Um, you know, there, there's more rage, there's more anger. Again, they're, they've been online talking about these things. They're angry, they're sad. They get up in the morning, they don't wanna to go to school. Um, bullying, there's more bullying. You know, they a lot of times, um, I also used to work in a school too, and we'd see that. They'd come in hot, right? They'd come in hot, ready to, ready to be mean to someone, and you know, their day was shot because they just, all they could think about was the social aspect. Um, We've also seen, you know, like people taking pictures, you know, of, of, of faculty and teachers and things like that, and you know, posting things about like the math test or, you know, oh my gosh, they did this, and I mean that's icky, right? Like, who wants that? Who wants to go to work and know that that could happen? Um, and then, you know, disengage at lunch, recess, bus stop. If you have it at lunch, you're not going to work to be social. You're not going to, you know, if you have your, it's a crutch. Of course, it's, you know, they can. They don't need to talk to anyone. They, 
you know, they can do I'm just playing on my phone. And no one, most of the kids that I see don't want to be on their phone. They just do it because it's it's there and, and they're nervous and scared and don't know how to process those emotions either. They're hiding and when they hide, they don't they don't have an opportunity to practice those those skills. Um, Time Magazine did a um, uh, unscientific uh, survey some years ago. They asked, uh, the question was uh, of adults, uh, have you ever um, pretended to use your cell phone to, to avoid engaging someone in public? Right? Eight out of ten people reported uh, that they did that. Two of those people were lying. Uh, and, and the point isn't that that's, uh, that that's problematic or wrong. It's that uh, our young people, that may be the only uh, anxiety skill they're learning, right? Is to use their phones to manage anxiety, right? Many of us grew up without this as a, as a way to manage. So we had to figure some of that stuff out. Right? Our kids are growing up in an, an environment where this is a uh, highly accessible tool that can allow them very easily to avoid discomfort. And so that's part of, part of what we do want to help them do is figure out other ways. It can, it can be a way. We're not saying that's, that's an awful way to do it. We're saying we have to have other ways to manage anxiety. Mm -hmm. So technology and development. Um, so basic needs of, of uh, kind of growing up, right, of being human. Uh, we need to have uh, some control of, of our safety, right, emotional and physical safety at all kind of ages and stages. This is really important. As a kid who's, who's small uh, and, and growing and learning to figure out how do I remain emotionally safe, this can be really daunting in the physical world, right, in the in-person world. Um, one of the things we believe is that, that technology can create a, a, a safer way to insulate myself from some of the difficulties in, in, that I might experience in the physical world. Um, connectedness, we need to, we need to belong. Uh, uh, my good friend uh, Darby McDonald used to say, we need to do two things. We need to be known and to belong. Right? Our belonging is really, really important. Our connectedness is really, really important. The online world offers us a really easy way to connect, a really safe way to connect. But relationships, those relationships typically, if they aren't um, enhanced in the, in the <clears throat> physical world, they may not go that deep. So the connection, the, connection, the, deep, the deep connection doesn't, doesn't also uh, go that deep. And then we need to be able to provide some contribution to the world. We need to, we need to kind of identify our purpose. And again, this, this may, I, I might be able to have influence by posting you know, something aggressive online that people like and, and say, yeah, that's, you're, you're right about that. Those are the bad guys and we are the good guys. And feel like I've, I've made a contribution. To do that in, in the real, in, the, in, in, in person can, can feel more difficult. I really have to work at some skills to kind of hone that, and that's, that can be difficult. Uh, this is a Rorschach, so if you look at it and you see something, what, what I've found is that people who see an owl are smart people, and people who see something else are not. So hopefully you all saw. So your brain on technology, right? The A's, Nancy Reagan, right? Uh, so. Uh, in adolescence, our, our brains are, and as kids, our brains are sponges. They are designed to learn. They learn rapidly um, using uh, different kinds of conditioning, right? One of the things technology is really good at is, um, is uh, re reinforcing learning, 
okay? Reinforcing us with, with um, uh, kind of treats, right? Um, uh, when we were selling our house some years ago, um, uh, I remember, our, I remember they, they were able to, they put our, our house on the MLS, right? And, and we'd get an email whenever we got um, uh, a showing. And I would come out of session and I would scroll, right? Have you guys ever done this to try and see if you get a new email? That's, that's conditioning at work because every once in a while, I'm going to get a treat, right? And so that behavior is, re, uh, is reinforced. Technology is really good. I'll send a, a text message to my brother, a really funny one. And, and I know that I'm going to get something that's not as funny as I've sent because I'm funnier, but I'm waiting because I know that I'm going to get that treat. You know, in, in video games, in social media, in, in all the things that we, that we do online, we, we get these rewards. And so it trains us, it reinforces us staying engaged. Um, developing brains um, do not consider uh, negative consequences re real well. Um, and so things like, um, uh, you know, studying for a test uh, and, or playing video games all night and I'll get up early and study for a test, right? They, we're not really considering how difficult that is. We don't consider negative consequences real well. Uh, Dr. David Walsh, one of my heroes. Anybody know Dr. David Walsh? Uh, local guy too, but um, written a lot of books on, on human development and uh, children and adolescents. He said that uh, adults are the surrogate prefrontal cortexes for young people because they don't do consequences well. Right, and so part of our job is to help them identify what are the, what are the consequences. So they so they don't do that well. So technology can easily sort of seduce them to, to continue to behave in ways that keeps them, uh, you know, keep um, kind of gets them in a situation in which um, there might be negative consequences they weren't prepared for. And this is me too. But developing brains prefer high reward, low effort. They're always looking for shortcuts. Right, always looking for shortcuts, and so that's, yeah. I mean, that's what. Sorry, that's why we yep. say. I mean, they're they're gonna do this over their homework, right? I mean, yep. they're you know, like they get a they get a treat, they get you know, and that's a lot easier because they are they're not, you know, studying for a math test and then getting the grade. That's that's a long way off. I mean, this is right now, here and now. Yeah. And so, just that addiction is so huge. So we want to talk a little bit about some of the traditional addictions that can be. Uh, can be facilitated online. Yeah, so fortunately, pornography, very easy to access. Um, you know, I mean, they can get anything. They can type in anything. Um, and, you know, I mean, you're 12 years old. You're, you're kind of starting that, like, I'm kind of interested in, you know, someone to be intimate with. Um, so that, you know, it can fulfill some of that needs. Um, also, um, you know, the texting, the Unfortunately, I've seen a lot, you know, showing body parts that shouldn't be shown, you know, that shouldn't be, you know, they're, they're reaching for something. They want some validation. They don't feel good about themselves. Like, I don't feel good about my body, but maybe I'll show something and someone will respond to me right away about how beautiful you are, how, you know, right in that moment. And then, oh my God, you have, you know, that's out there. Um, you know, humans are sexual beings. Um, so sexual intimacy is one dimension. You know, there's a sexual, spiritual, emotional. Again, they're putting stuff out there, and they want a response because they're getting it right. They're they've been they're trained to get it. Um, they're that sexual desire they're putting out there. Um, 
and then the messages that porn gives about men and women they're also seeing that if they want it they can they can get it um and so, yeah go right. ahead no go ahead so, the, so, so so these are some messages to be clear with kids right uh, you know our our creator has designed us to be sexual beings in intimate relationships right and helping helping young people understand that and take the take the taboo out of it and then talk about our our um, our choices when we're experiencing attraction and arousal how how are we managing that in a in a useful way that uh, that honors our creation that honors honors each other that honors our uh, you know our brothers and sisters Right. So some yeah. it, this is I think this is really important that we are talking with with kids about this stuff. Um, uh, I think my first exposure to uh, pornography was in fourth grade. Um, uh, uh, it was probably Dan. I won't use his last name. I was at Catholic school over there at Christ the King. And and he had brought something to school and all the boys were kind of in a little circle. And I was curious. So I kind of sidled and I, and I uh, kind of uh, pushed my way in and saw what they were looking at. And, and the, there's the, the, the difference here is that my experience of exposed, being exposed to pornography was, um, was in, in a community, you know? And maybe that wasn't the most helpful community. There wasn't a lot of mentoring going on in that community. <laughs> but I wasn't, I wasn't isolated. Right? I wasn't left to my own devices. Right? So, um, anyway, I, because there is, uh, because, because our, our children have access, if they have internet access, these are really important conversations. And taking the stigma out of this for them, too. Taking the stigma, at least out of the, um, uh, you know, sexuality being, being a bad thing. Because it's not. Right? We were created as sexual beings. Right. So helping with messages about that. Um, yeah. Then, well, I mean, gambling, right? This is another thing that comes comes about. They all have these games. Right. Um, and some are, you know, some are like, fine, we're at the airport, you know, OK, play a little game. But some can get, you know, they can get a little crazy. And that's starting to watch that, too, because they start having to pay for things. They start having to get points. They start becoming addicted. I. I hate to even say this, but my kids have done that. Oh, I can't, I can't, I have to have my phone because I can't get my streak done. You know, I can't lose that. And it's like, oh my God, we're going to the Boundary Waters. You know, you can't have your phone. I mean, like, so, but these are the things that they, they are, you know, they want. They want the likes. I mean, they want how many, that's, that's, you're more popular. You know, you have 300 likes or you have 100 likes. It's, they they want that reward because their brain is wired for that. Yeah. Um, anybody know what Amazon? Anybody know Prime? Have you guys heard of Prime? <laughs> Do you guys remember the Home Shopping Network? Does anybody remember that? When, when uh, you know there would be people that were really struggling with probably their mental health and and up all night or or at home all day. And, you know, boxes upon boxes from the home shopping network would, it was pretty, you know, it could be pretty clear of who was struggling with, uh, with issues related to excessive shopping or problematic shopping, right? These days, we're, we're probably all in this. We have an impulse to, to want something, and it shows up at our door in two, sometimes two hours. Has anybody gotten anything in under two hours uh, um, to their house? I mean, drones are going to be dropping this stuff off soon, right? 
So, um, so and this is the this is the instant gratification world that our children are growing up in, and it may not be all that useful to them in some ways. So part of it is being aware of our behavior and exploring what what is the need that I'm trying to fill here with this purchase, and then helping my kids explore that too. My my middle guy, my son is uh, my oldest, the 15 year old, uh, is really into shoes. He's buying shoes online. He's so excited because he bought one for a hundred, like a hundred dollars, and he turned around and sold it for like four hundred dollars. Yeah, he's he's making money. He's a good entrepreneur, and he's perseverating on this, right? He's focused on it. He's he's um, uh, yeah. It's become it's become a a passion that that sometimes sort of shifts over into something that that is. Um, perhaps too much of a focus. And so how do we help our kids? We have to be aware that this is the world that our kids are growing up in, and this can be can be challenging. Anything else? Yeah, no, add? and just even on that, what, what I've seen too is it's almost a control thing too. I mean, even an example, again, my daughter, she went to college, so yeah. just anxiety, right? I'm going to college, I'm leaving everything, so I'm just gonna shop. I'm just gonna like make my dorm room the best thing ever. And I mean, we had to really be, cause she'd sit at night, you know, worrying, 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 and then shopping, you know? And oh, I need a new bedspread, I need a new, you know, flip flops or something. And it is, because again, they, they are feeling a need. She's feeling a need for control. She's feeling a need. Her anxiety is she's feeling it that way, you know, and not, not in some other healthier ways. Um, the, uh, the, the, the in-person world, um, the, the things that we do in person have uh, oftentimes have these sort of natural endpoints, um, right? Or there's there's these clear endpoints: a class, a conversation, reading a book, having dinner, having coffee. A lot of the stuff we do in person has sort of a, a natural endpoint. And if it doesn't have a natural endpoint, our bodies start to tell us that that there's an endpoint, right? I got to go to the bathroom. I'm getting tired. Um, you know, these are the kinds of things that, that help us understand when to sort of wrap things up, right? The digital world, the online world, does not offer those same kinds of endpoints, right? Even think about, even think about what, um, uh, what, what Netflix began to do with creating uh, uh, their television shows going right into the next one. Mm -hmm. Right, so in video games, the same thing. They just keep going, right? If you've ever scrolled, you know, on social media, there, where, when am I done? If you're ever looking for the perfect pair of shoes, when am I done? I mean, there's there's infinite never, shoes, never, right? <laughs> right. So much of our online behavior, there aren't those those natural stopping cues. So this is what this is part of what our children need from us too is to help them understand when to when to close things out especially when they're doing stuff online because they don't know. You know, 5 more minutes I'm almost done. Well, how many of you have heard that a 100 billion times and 5 minutes is not 5 minutes, is it? Because they don't they don't know how to they don't know how to stop. We don't know how to stop. They don't know how to stop. Leah. Have you found it helpful like in parenting to not just demonstrate in your own way for technology, like guiding them in that, but like observe my stopping cues for work, observe my stopping cues for like my life balances, like right? Like mm -hmm. I mean mm -hmm. I'm like mom, yep. off of Facebook sometimes, you know. Modeling like. <laughs> modeling is really important. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um and if if we're um 
if if we have trouble with that, our kids are obviously not would not have they're not there's no oversight for them, right? Because we're because we're busy. So modeling is really important, mm -hmm. and sometimes parents do things differently too. Yeah. So so it's both, Jeff. Yeah. I think I think it's really good that, that we're all hearing this uh, because it's really easy for us to be judgmental about a certain demographic. Yeah. Uh, case in point. Uh, I don't know how many times I would have watched 15 minutes of a YouTube yeah. or, and yeah. an hour and 15 minutes later. Yeah. But I I had to buy a new phone the other day. It actually got crunched in the door, so I had to go buy a new one. <laughs> that evening, I went to my game yeah. and it started over. Oh, <laughs> are you kidding? levels I lost. <laughs> and I thought to myself, are you joking? Yeah. I made fun of a certain demographic yeah. of people over that very thing, and yeah. I realized I was feeling some grief over that. Yeah. Like, okay, that was helpful. Yes. Yeah. Because I can be more of an ally or yep. support, yep. recognizing how we all can. Yep. Yeah, I think that, that empathic understanding of what people who have put a lot of energy and built identity and belonging, and we're asking them to, to shift out of that, right? And so, you know, here's where we kind of move into talking about how to, how to parent our kids into um, healthier behaviors, that authoritative parenting, right? Empathy, support, nurture, and challenge. Kiddo, I know this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. We haven't done family like this. We haven't done, you know, um, computer use like this. And so things, this is going to be really hard. I'm going to ask you to do some things that are going to be very uncomfortable. And so really the deep understanding, that's a great insight. And um, he knows this is recorded, right? Okay, that's okay. Okay. You're okay with that. Yeah. You're okay with that. Um, by the way, um, these stop signs with the white trim around them, um, do not tell uh, family or friends that those are optional because sometimes they believe you. <laughs> I told my mom that. Yeah, so they're, they're, they're not optional, the stop signs with them. Okay. Um, Sherry Turkle, anybody familiar with Sherry Turkle? Sherry Turkle's done a lot of research on technology and the impact of uh, relationships. And so she has some, uh, some brilliant books. Um, uh, and she's got some nice little, little quotes, I think, that capture what her research is saying. Um, she says, uh, digital, uh, digital connections offer us the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship. Our network lives allow us to hide from each other even as we are tethered together, right? And so we're connecting and, and it, it feels like I'm connected, but I don't have the, the depth in this relationship. I don't have somebody who can really know me because I'm insulated from being known, right? I've got a screen, an identity, an avatar that I've created that protects me, right? Keeps me safe, but also keeps distance, right? Um, she says, technology encourages a fantasy that we will never have to be alone, that we will never have to separate. But if you don't learn to be alone, you will only know uh, how to be lonely. Right? You won't learn about solitude. You won't learn to be okay with yourself. I think it's part of what our kids are struggling with. They don't know how to be okay with themselves unless they're attached to somebody else that validates their existence. Right? They're growing up in a world where they don't know how to do that. That's part of what we're here to, to, to attempt to offer them. 
Um, yeah, you see this but, even like belonging without being known. You know, a lot of kids have like 12 kids on, you know, a, a Instagram or texting thing. And a lot of times what we see too is kids kind of feel like they belong, but then they don't use their voice and they never know how to use their voice. They're kind of the shy kid who doesn't show up to that, but they're kind of like, well, I got kind of a false sense of belonging. Um, you know, again, it's kind of security, like, oh, I can say I'm on, you know, with 12 kids, but there's no real connection. They go to school the next day. And, and even as parents, you might see, oh, well, no, they're texting 12 other kids. It's sort of like, well, we got to get underneath that. Like, are, you know, are they connecting? Are they learning those social skills? Are they learning those things to move forward? You know. To, to that point, um, in, in one of her books, Reclaiming Conversation, she was interviewing a girl, a, a middle school girl, uh, who had texted something to, to a friend, te texted something pretty personal to a friend. Can't remember the content. Um, but Sherry Turkle said, you know, how, tell me about why you chose to, to text that instead of having a conversation in the, in the, in the physical world with her face to face. And the girl said, I would never do that. It's too emotional, <laughs> right? What she's saying is I can't control how I'm gonna react and I don't know how that'll be received. And that feels really scary. And I missed the opportunity to have intimacy, right? I had a connection because I texted this, this thing and I, I feel like I got hurt a little bit but I didn't, I didn't get to let myself go and be held in this moment, right? Um, implications of uh, low or no touch, I think that's in part what has been so hard these last two and a half, three years for our kids, is that they weren't touched in affirming ways. You know, they say for healthy development, all of us, now we're in Minnesota, so I know this is not easy for us, but that we need 12 hugs a day for healthy development. And, and as we do more of our lives online, we begin to pull back from that kind of connection, right? So you can tell your children that Dana and I uh, prescribed 12 <laughs> hugs a day. So, and, and sorry guys, I have to do, even if they, even if they do this, my 15 year old, oh, done. Why do they, they do the same thing. Do you remember that when you put them in the car seat, they do the same thing when they're 15 and you hug them that they did when you try to put them in their car seat. They need 12 hugs a day. And, and the implications for, for our digital use is we're not connecting that way. So another factor why we, we, need to, we need to make sure that we're uh, connecting with them and connecting them to the, the physical world. So I'm a little bit high, so before you leave, I need a couple of hugs. Yeah. <laughs> He's got negative, let's see, negative 20, so we got to get him up to 12, so 32. All right. Um, the act of concentrating. So focus attention system. It requires sustained effort. Again, this is the prefront. I can never say that word. Prefrontal. Prefrontal. Oh and again, that's like a muscle that's being developed. And, you know, going back to kind of how kids see us, there is a little something, sometimes it's okay to say, you know, mom's brain is developed, you know, not that you should be on the phone for five hours, but you know, like I will do some things different. Like I might have to work a little bit. I might have to be on my phone a little bit, 
But when a kid's brain is developing, they're not there. They have to have less. They have to have more sleep. They have to have more water. They have to have all of these, you know, basic life things. And cell phone use is the same thing, you know, one of those. Um, so again, the reactive attention system is activated um, to keep us alert to stimuli around us, right? Keep us fight or flight, you know, keep us what's going on. Um, just a different kind of attention systems. And, re and highly activated by the digital world, right? Mm -hmm. So our our um, our uh, kind of hardware that's installed in in our being is is highly activated by the digital world. Um, like Dana was saying, the the focus attention system is is more uh, more like a muscle and and requires sustained effort. So part of our task is in a world that, that, that really activates that reactive attention system, part of our job is to help create space to, to help kids um, uh, grow that focus attention system, that muscle, right? And, um, and, and to, be, be, to be conscious about where they're at too. If, uh, who, anybody ever gone to the gym and like lifted weights? Have you guys like done that? Do, yeah, like once in a, you go like once every four years or something, if you have to. You have to. <laughs> and then that day after you go, it's like, this is too much. I should not have done this. And you never go back, right? Is that what happens, Jeff? It's I'm not even on So and, and that's what it's like with our kids too. If we stretch them too far, they wilt and they, and they have a really hard time going back. So being mindful about where are they at development, developmentally and strengthening this muscle. How do we support them where they're at by helping them expand that muscle in a thoughtful way and, and not pushing too hard. Um, technology and arousal, right? Our, our nervous system. One of the things that, that we, we tell parents, um, uh, kids want us to, to want us to understand that um, uh, a lot of the things they're doing on technology is like their downtime, um, and and not that you should tell them they're wrong or try and convince them out of that, but physiologically that is not accurate. Right? It's activating their nervous system in a way that doesn't actually allow them to to settle. Right, so video games uh, increase in cortisol. Right, have you watched your kids play video games? I mean, their I mean their bodies aren't moving much, but watch their eyes, watch their faces. You know, they they may they may be my my uh, twelve year old sweats when he plays video games. It's just intense, you know. Um, uh, and and social media too act can activate a threat response, right? Our, our threat response, that's the, the sympathetic nervous system too. It's, it's keying me up for uh, you know, some, some threat in the environment. So while I'm engaged in technology, my, my nervous system may be activated in a way that I am not getting downtime, okay? Again, video games, not bad. Social media, not bad. And they may not be doing physiologically what our kids think that they're doing. And so part of our task is to create space for them physiologically to settle down. Not take away video games, but make sure we're creating space to, uh, to, um, to find calm. Because um, again, this is the, the whole anxiety, right? The, they see something, they fear missing out, they see something that's gonna happen tomorrow. Um, you know, we all know we read the, our work text and we're like, oh, why did I read that? You know, because now your head's going to be spinning. Kids are doing that twice as much. Think of if your whole life is social, <laughs> you know, at 12 years old yeah. and you see something that stresses you out for the next day. Um, 
you know, the kids aren't getting sleep. Yep. You know. And so the nervous system is activated. So another implication is if you engage a nervous system that is activated to set a boundary as a caregiver, as a, as a parent, as somebody involved in trying to help establish uh, a boundary with a kiddo whose nervous system is activated, your nervous system is already likely activated because they've ignored you. And if you're anything like me, when I feel ignored, I, I, um, I deal with that by getting big and loud. I don't know if others do too. So now we've got two activated nervous systems engaged in combat. So the other implication here is that when we're setting a boundary, when, when our kids are engaged in this stuff, we have to be mindful of where we're at. If I feel ignored, I may push that button that makes me get bigger and expand my voice and take up more space. And now I'm, now I'm clashing with somebody who's already keyed up for a fight. So, um, so some things that can help, okay? So I'm not saying don't take the power cord because there may be times where that's appropriate, but things that can help. Make sure I'm in a good place, okay? Uh, affirming touch if they'll, if they'll let us. See if you can make eye contact. You're trying to co-regulate. You're trying to help them de-escalate their nervous system, okay? Use empathic words. Right? I know this is really hard. We, we scheduled dinner for 5 o'clock. It's 5.10. I know I asked you to, to, to do this and you're still playing. I'm going to give you about one minute to close it up and then I'm going to take the power cord. I know this is hard. Okay, So I'm not telling you don't, don't set the boundary or keep the boundary, but you have to be really conscious because this is, this is where we see some families get into uh, things that require us to make child protection reports <laughs> because, because it gets so escalated. Because as a parent, I'm flipping furious that you have defied my ask numerous times and you said mean words to your mom, you know, because your nervous system is activated. So this is where we got to pay really close attention to ourselves, and then and then see if we can work on dereg just um, on co-regulation, helping them find their calm. Eye contact can help. You know the the googly eyes that you made at them when they were when they were one years old. See if you can find that that place. And I think that again, what you're saying is to prepare yourself. This is we always talk about this a lot, and there you know you make sure you are prepared for the interaction. If you know your kid brings the the phone to the dinner every night and you're like you know i'm so frustrated with this maybe that yeah maybe that's not the time to do it maybe you go back talk to someone in your house okay tomorrow this is what we're going to do here's the game plan i mean really like just having a game plan where you are prepared to show up so it's not a reactive it's a proactive you know you're you're in control when they are not in control mm -hmm. um we all know that sleep is really important. Uh, our, our sleep schedules, you know, COVID and technology have interfered with this. Our children, we need sleep. Our children need sleep. It's really, really important. Um, although they tell us they don't and they're figuring it out, they need us to help them create the structure to sleep. Because when we don't, we know that there are high correlations with, with lots of different struggles. Okay, um, diet, uh, sleep disorders, um, uh, um, depression, anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. So it's really it's imperative that we create space for our kids to sleep. Uh, this is this is a nice graphic that helps um, kind of show uh, you know correlation for healthy you know healthy development building blocks um, uh, movement touch connection and uh, be, being in the natural world are are correlated with with um, with uh, a, a calm nervous system with feeling connected with with my body feeling feeling good and and feeling like I can use my body well. Um, uh, high um, uh, high engagement with TV, cell phone, internet, video games are uh, are correlated with um, becoming and feeling more isolated, um, feeling disconnected, feeling uh, or not getting my body moving. And so as we as we start to to lean more into that, we start to see higher correlations of stroke. That's just a nice um, kind of visual to to keep in mind as you uh, kind of set the stage for your for your children here. Um, this is a spiral that we see um, that shows shows up for families when they reach out to us. Um, a, a young person may have uh, some kind of transition, transition from elementary to middle school, uh, a transition, uh, they didn't make the baseball team, uh, got a kid right now who didn't who didn't make the, the, the level of, of uh, team that he wanted and he's really struggling. And, and sometimes when we, when we struggle, uh, we start to uh, pull away. If we don't know what to do, we pull away. And we can seek solace in the, in the digital. It's a way for us to disengage. And, and um, uh, this, is, this is what happened for this young man. Um, so now my, my social interaction in the, in the physical world has, has gone down. And my feeling of engagement, my feeling of competency continues to drop. And this is where parents tend to step in and say, okay, the phone is the problem, video games are the problem, the computer is the problem, we're taking all that away. And then there's an escalation, right? Because those things have become my coping mechanism for the, for the difficulty that I'm experiencing in the world. And, and depending on the, the volatility of the, of the uh, tantrum, of the difficulty, uh, parents might not be sure how to operate. And so a lot of times we we um, we kind of shift back into okay well they made some promises let's let's go back now we've reinforced a couple of things we've reinforced the escalation to get what I want we've reinforced um, uh, the the uh, you know this is a, a coping mechanism and not giving them tools for for how to manage that and so the next time this comes around when they when they can't keep their promises or they have another struggle. They, uh, they, they uh, go, you know, it goes, it goes the same thing, but you might see a more intense escalation if parents feel like, okay, this time we're committed. This is what we're going to do. So then we see a more intense escalation. So just want, want us to be aware of uh, some of the patterns that, that can occur. So, so one of the things I think that undergirds what you're saying is, uh, and I think this is really helpful, uh, is that oftentimes we take the shortcuts in parenting. Mm -hmm. I'm the parent, you're the child, you'll do what I tell you. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the, short, the shortcuts are just that. They're shortcuts to get into hopefully a desired outcome. But in terms of what you're saying is we have to be more thoughtful. We yes. have to have a plan. Yep. We have to kind of be working ahead of this yep. so that we can better take care of ourselves. Yep. And, and, and I thought that was, that was really helpful when you talk about those two uh, activated. Yep. 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 We all know that. We all yep. know that. But to go, oh, well. There's another option there. Yeah, I mean that that is really helpful because I think as we're facing this, it's such a big challenge. It's such yep. a 
it's culturally, it's relationally, it's developmentally, it's you know, let alone our own household. Mm -hmm. But I think you're offering a lot of really encouraging hope that says if if you're willing to kind of get up ahead of this, yes, think it through a strategy, yes. be on the yep. same page. Yep. I mean, yep. the, the positive outcomes that can come for your family. For your yep. Our job is to is to create the container the family is the container for children right that's our job our job is to be a container to support their development till one day they go away <laughs> only to Duluth. <laughs> yeah, we're, right. we're both we're both, we're both grieving and <laughs> uh the, the loss of so our job is to create the container if the container doesn't feel like it's working or we're we're not sure that that container is working for development for our children our job is to change to work to change the way the container works to change the shape Okay, that's that's our job. Three three dimensions of, of parenting. Oh, the safety nurture challenge. I love this because uh, I kind of keep it in my head now too. For as a parent, you know, it's a triangle. We we need to create safety, right? And that's a lot of this bone usage. We need to nurture, and we need to tell them we care. We get it. We validate them. You know, we see what's going on because how many? I don't know. My daughter has told me this. You you don't you know you don't understand. You didn't you didn't hear me. Mom. Stop, mom. You know you're not hearing me. Oh, okay, I need to slow down. Oh, I need to kind of just listen and understand. I mean, I'm a therapist and I have already, you know, I need to slow down. Mm -hmm. I need to nurture her feelings at that moment. Um, but then, like, and then I need to challenge. I don't want your kids stuck in this place, right? We don't want them just staying in safety and nurture because that's not going to move them forward. That's not going to help their development, help them grow, things like that. So if we nurture too much, they don't grow. If we challenge too much, they wilt. Mm -hmm. Right. And so our job is to find that right balance. Um, one of the things that we, we see a lot is, is families struggle to, to figure out, you know, kids have already had, a, had some kind of struggle and they struggle to, to work collectively to identify how, how are we going to challenge. And sometimes, is as true in my household, um, there, there's a dynamic between my my wife and I how how we manage this um, uh, this tension, right? So there are times where I see my wife um, kind of moving more towards um, nurturing, and maybe I would qualify it as permissiveness, in a way that I don't know if it's supporting our children growing. So what do I do? To, uh, to complement that dynamic. I defer more into uh, challenge. That's right. And she might not yet be, believe that our children are ready for that level of challenge. And so she may um, comfort, support, nurture in a way that undermines my challenge. And now we're running our frustration through our children. <laughs> Right. That's our, that's our stuff. So so that's challenge can disappear when we're not on the same page. And there can be a dynamic in which we're we're overcompensating in a way that destroys our capacity to really challenge. OK, so that's um, that's one of the um, one of the uh, uh, things that can get in the way of challenging a lack of alignment uh, between us as parents um, because of that dynamic. But these yeah, are some others. Just just the guilt, um, hope, or fear, you know, we'll also see, well, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna react, they're gonna run away if I take their phone, they're gonna do something, they might, you know, worse company, they might hurt themselves in some way um, because they're so angry. Um, 
you're you know you're like God, they had a bad day you know i i have some, some sympathy for that and i don't really want to challenge them you know they're struggling right now with their friend susie and you know and we just don't we just don't do that because it's hard it, it eats at our soul um and then like you said the parental alignment i mean that's a perfect mm -hmm. example like you're you know one person is kind of on different wavelengths and so you got to get that aligned before you go in right um hearing uh this from therapists that that uh hope at times may not be helpful may may sound strange if anybody has any connections <laughs> to al-anon or, or AA. one of the things that's um common in in uh AA is a um uh one of the talking points hope is not a strategy Right. And sometimes uh, kids and I believe that they want to, to change the way they're doing things. They recognize it's not working for them and that we aren't happy with how things are going. They may uh, try and kind of convince us that things are going to change and we want to believe them. And that may not be helpful when when we desire it so much that we shift out of challenge. Right. And so uh, hope perhaps, but make sure that we don't don't hold the, um, don't give up holding the line on something. I really like chocolate chip cookies. And so in fact, I saw some of the back of the room there. Um, one of the things that I think is is uh, uh, unique about um, technology uh, in terms of behaviors that can become compulsive is it's it's a lot of like uh, it's a lot like our um, our relationship with food right to survive in this world we have to have a relationship with food to survive in the world that we're creating we we have to have a a, a relationship with digital technology and so there are some ways that we use technology that are that are kind of dessert like right um, chocolate chip cookie like and so how do we help establish that and create ways to contain that as my children have gotten older we've had to move the cookie jar up um, now my 15 year old can find a cookie anywhere in the house um, but but we have to find ways to contain those sort of those desserts right um, video games social media in some way remember video games and social media are not bad in fact social media is correlated with a with a reduction in um in uh depressive symptomology and suicidality up to a little over an hour right it's not bad so how do we how do we identify um what a healthy diet is what are the things that are the chocolate chip cookies you know what are the what are the ways that we're engaging with technology that are uh that are really helpful for us um some other elements the the nfl i still am conflicted especially after seeing uh louis cine oh my gosh uh had this awful injury on um on sunday uh but i but i enjoy football quite a bit um uh, and, and so there's a, you know, that's a hobby of mine, right? And so one of the things kids say, well, this is my hobby. You know, this is what I love to do, right? Uh, who, who knows what I mean when I put LOL there? It's a video game, online video game. League of Legends, Legends yep. And, and WoW, who knows what WoW is? What is it? Words with friends? World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft. Yeah. Sure playing those games. <laughs> World of Warcraft. So, um, so I think that one of the challenges, one of the challenges of of uh, the the digital world, online gaming, is that you know, for instance, the NFL, um, you know, seventeen weeks of a season plus some you know Sunday uh, playoff games, um, it's it's finite. 
right? And and I can only listen to you know Dan Barrero talk of you know and the morning Paul Allen talk about football for so long that then I'm done. You know, it's all it's it's finite, right? It has a beginning and an end, and it doesn't go all night, right? The the digital hobbies that our that our children have, they have that we have too. We have access to them at all times. Right? So many of our hobbies have, um, have uh, uh, external parameters around them that, that, make it, uh, that, that make it so that we can't facilitate them all the time. And many of the digital things that we do and they do don't. Right? So part of our job is helping to create those external parameters until they can begin to, to um, define and develop some internal parameters. How do I manage this on my own? They, they don't come into the world being able to do this on their own. This is where they need our leadership, even when they disagree. Um, Self-regulation, I have to be able to manage myself when it's time to end the game. I have to be able to, to manage my, my feelings about that. I have to find you know, a healthy relationship with technology um, is, is, that, uh, is evidenced by me being engaged in the physical world as well. Um, and, the, and my digital world complements my, my, enhances my, my, um, uh, my world in the in-person. And then like we said, anxiety management without tech and able to tolerate boredom. Your children don't know that boredom is a gift, right? They don't know that. So, because here's what we hear children do all the time to parents. You have this happen at your house. Um, they'll, they'll say, I'm bored. And it's like they're handing that to you like you're supposed to do something with that. <laughs> like, this is your problem. This is your problem. Make this go away. No. That's your gift, kiddo. You get to do all kinds of creative, clever things, just not this right now, right? Because this solves that. Part of what we know, even the brain does different things when we're bored. And, and they don't have the opportunity to develop that if we, if we don't create that space for them. Boredom is a gift, right? They don't have to, you know, knit together their clothes, most, most of them don't have to knit together their clothes or find shelter for the night or, or harvest uh, food, right? So they have, they have this time that they can be bored and we know things happen in their brain. Newer, newer pathways show up when they're bored. So boredom is a gift and part of their task is to figure out how am I going to manage that? So create space where technology is not the only thing that they know how to solve uh, boredom with. Um, I uh, really love contracts, except that they're no good. Um, and so uh, they kind of stink, especially with, with kids. Um, I'm, I'm not suggesting you, um, uh, you, you um, try and work out an agreement with your children, but it, is, it, is, it may be useful to, uh, to identify your values, what's important to you, and how you want your, your child, and how you expect your child or children to use their devices. This is uh, from a, uh, an article, uh, it was from a mom in New York. If you, if you Google New York mom iPhone contract, this will come up. I think it's from the Huffington Post, but it was distributed all over the place. It's, it's a beautiful contract, in part because she's so clear about her, her values, right? And so some of the pieces that I just love, um, number one, it is my phone. <laughs> I bought it. 
it's on loan to you. Okay. Even if you, even if your child, which is the case in my household, my children have bought their phones. Only two of them have a phone. Um, the the clarity for them was that this is mine. I you don't own property until you're 18. So if you want this, your money is going to go towards. It's actually my money. I allow you to have a bank account. Your money is going to go towards it, but I will always own it and have oversight over it. Right. So, uh, so if you allow your child to, to purchase their own, just be, be clear about that. Because the implication is, if they bought it, you don't have any oversight. You can't take this. This is my private property. And so um, being clear about that on the front end. Um, go ahead. No, I love, I even love this. Like, if it brings answer, like teaching them. Yeah. Okay, here, yeah. you know, we have, okay, fine. You have the phone. We're still going to teach you how to be social in this, you know. And, I mean, like, does it go to school with you? Like, I think that's like, oh, gosh, some of these are so hard for these kids. Yeah. But, you know, you don't need it. I, yep. you know, I can get it. Remember in the old days, we yep. used to like call the school and, yep. you know, mom would come pick you up. You didn't have any access. That's still okay today. <laughs> like they still can do that. It's really cool. They still are have those sure. secretaries. <laughs> I know. It teaches them. It teaches them that they don't need it. Yeah. And they don't have immediate access, mm -hmm. right? That again, that like fostering that you don't need something right away. You you can wait to text mom about the shoes that you need. I mean, you can, mm -hmm. you know, it works. Mm -hmm. um, so I love those. There was this uh, commercial uh, some years ago for a, for a Droid phone. Anybody remember that nobody has a Droid anymore, do you? Mm -hmm. uh, the the Droid phone. The the commercial. Uh, was this man was sitting in a console with all these technicians around and these mechanical arms uh, kind of putting um, uh, kind of technical things on his body. And one of the arms uh, put in the center of his chest, there was a little console here, put in the center of uh, his chest a new droid phone. And the voiceover said, it's not an upgrade to your phone. It's an upgrade to your life. Right? The implication is that you are not enough without. And that is not a message that we want our children to have. Doing something simple, like having them refrain from taking their phone with them everywhere they go, helps them know that. Right? They are going to fight it. And we believe this is really important. Okay? Um, okay, so um, so you look this up sometimes, seriously. We adapted this for, for our um, kiddos. This last one always gets me. I almost always cry when I read it. You guys will see why as you, as you read it. You will mess up. I will take away your phone. We will sit down and talk about it. We will start over. You and I were always learning. I'm on your team. Our kids don't hear, hear that from us. That's the message. I want to help instill these values in you. This is really important to me. You are really important to me. We're going to figure this out. The taking away is really important, by the way. And doing it early and, and sometimes often to sit down and have the conversation. Okay, I want to talk with you about this. 
It's really important to me. Now they're gonna they're gonna avoid. Some of them will avoid. We know because we work with avoidant kids and, and families who really struggled even to sit down. They are going to avoid. That's okay when you're ready. This is really important. It doesn't have to be now. Okay, we're not holding the phone as a as a consequence. You know, I'm taking it for two weeks without being clear. We have to reset this stuff. This is too important not for us not to sit down and, and kind of reset this stuff. I want you to have this. This is a beautiful tool for you to use and be a part of family and connect with friends. And there are some things we got to figure out. So look it up. Um, iPhone contract, New York mom, you'll find, you'll find it adapted as needed. Um, some things that we've learned. Yeah. Um, the mastery of a skill, you know, being present. This is what, this is what they need to learn, being present, you know, that they can have, they can have relationships and have affirming messages. That's like when we talk about, you will mess up. Okay, I, you you probably, if you're a parent, will see a text at some point that you're like, oh my God, they, did they really just send that? Or did their friend just send that to my kid? Um, that's the place that's, you know, get back in your brain and, you know, look at it as, okay, this is a good teachable moment. I can take this, I can sit down, I can teach them, I can teach them how they can have affirming messages with other relationships. Um, and you know the text versus face to face. Yeah, I, I, I did. That's, that's my shorthand for identifying. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, the responsibility before privilege. If you guys, you know, this isn't this isn't just something you have. Like you know, this is this is a privilege. We say that even about going to school. Like this is a privilege to go to school, right? It's a privilege to show up. It's a privilege to have these things in your life. This is a big privilege for you. It's a I mean, think of, again, when we were little, like, on this huge computer. Think of, we're, we're like, carrying, these kids are carrying around this huge computer every day with all this information on it. And that's a huge privilege. Um, let, me, let me just yeah. uh, add on to that. Yeah. Um, so they will characterize it as an entitlement. Yes. Right? As, <laughs> as, uh, as something that I am entitled to, right? That, that I can't function without it. You need to provide it. Okay. So I want, I want to just equip you with a tool here to acknowledge that you have a different perspective than I do on this, kiddo. So you look at it as something that you need and you're entitled to. I look at, at, at it as something that I want to help you build some skills for mastery and that um, responsible use looks like this to be able to have it. And so that's where you and I, kiddo, we're, we're looking at this differently. Okay, so now you're not in a fight, right? It's not in a, you're not in an argument about whether or not it's an entitlement or whether or not you have to earn it, right? You're acknowledging you don't see it that way. Okay, so just a little yeah. tool to equip yourself. Um, I always love this alarm clocks are an actual thing. Yeah. I've yeah. got. Did you guys know that? <laughs> <laughs> How many trips I've taken to Target to get an alarm clock? Because oh. <laughs> I use it for that, you know. So again, we're leading, not and modeling what that is. I actually have an alarm clock, you know. <laughs> I think my husband has a twenty-year-old one, you know. We still do. Um, 
I love and I love like teaching boredom, right? I think when our kids are babies and they're up until like sixth grade, we're always like, yeah, they gotta go play, they gotta go play, and we don't even think about the phones. It's like when they hit school, then we're like, we kind of forget that that's what we wanted. We wanted them to be creative. We wanted them to be outside. We wanted all that thing. So t keep teaching that. Um, again, the shoulds, the shaming we've talked a lot about. Yeah, the, um, Mo, I don't know if you guys remember, Moses actually had 15 commandments he dropped. Was yeah. that the Mel Brooks version or was that legit? I don't, that was the Mel <laughs> Brooks version. That's, oh, sorry. Okay, I thought that was legit. I thought this was number 11 on that second, thou shalt not should on your kids, right? The implication is that there's something wrong with you. You should know better, right? And they don't. They don't. We cannot convince them out of behavior that has become in some way functional for them. Don't even try. Honor that they see it differently. And that from my vantage point as an old fogey, I look at this really differently. And I'm sorry that, that the difference really causes you a lot of stress. I get that. I had the same stuff with, with my parents around, you know, listening to Run DMC or something. I don't know what I did that was they didn't like. I don't. I don't remember anymore. It's been so long. Right. Watch Mel Brooks movies. They hated that. They hated that. Um, and then uh, my my brother, who's not very smart, um, uh, uh, taught me. Say, I love when my brother gives me nuggets. This is being recorded, isn't it? Right. I'll send it to him. Um, uh, he gives me these little these little nuggets. My brother was was asking about a phone for one of his kids, and he said, um, "I, I want to be really careful. Uh, I don't give this as a Christmas gift, because the implication is that then it's it's the child's." And I thought, "Oh my gosh, that's brilliant!" Just like we, you know, who who's this? I bought it. I paid for it. The same thing here. If it's a gift, the implications are that I get. I get access to this. So it's not no gifts, but it's be careful if you give technology a gift. Be really thoughtful about how you talk about it. Okay? Um, because they're because they're just interpreting. This is this is for me. I get to do whatever I want with this. So just be clear about that. And then um, Every device, it can, every device needs its own rules, right? We have readers in our house that I don't, uh, we don't allow uh, to put other apps or watch videos on. Um, our, our cell phones, um, uh, with with our kids, very limited uh, kind of social media access. Um, with our, uh, they have um, uh, Chromebooks for school that is just for school. We have an Xbox that is that's for gaming. Right, and so uh, it can be really helpful to create um, uh, each device having their own rules, because then it helps them with those parameters, right? And it helps you with oversight, because you see them playing computer games on their school computer. Oh, kiddo, let's let's refresh. This is not a gaming computer. I want you to be using this to do schoolwork. You can do gaming over here on this computer, or you can do gaming on the on the console or whatever. So that can be really helpful. Also, every space needs its own uh, can have its own rules too. Make your kitchen or your dining room tech free. You know, we don't bring phones because that's where the the heart of our family you know engages in in conversation in the kitchen. So when we bring phones in there, some of that starts to disappear. So identify tech free spaces and and bedrooms for kids. We think 
uh, are, are really important to make tech free. Many of the challenges that we have when we're working with this issue, um, kids have all kinds of computers and devices in their bedrooms. And, and that's just an easy um, kind of slide into some problematic use, all kinds of problematic use. Anything else that we want to hit on there? Yeah. Um, and who's familiar with Common Sense Media? Yep, okay. Net Smarts, your kids have probably done some Net Smarts in school about internet safety, but there's some nice resources there. There is a, um, uh, a website and a, a, a movement called Wait Till 8th. I haven't heard anything about it in the last couple of years. Prior to COVID, it, it had um, uh, gained a little bit of momentum. The, uh, the notion was wait till eighth grade before providing your children with a cell phone. Um, so, you know, there are other people that are working to delay this um, too. I will say my daughter, who got hers when she was uh, a sophomore, was probably the oldest. Well, she was. She was the only one in her class uh, that, that did not have a phone. In fact, she was known as the girl who didn't have a phone. She wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. She, she's a, she's a, uh, a fighter. And so um, she wasn't really ready to work within the parameters that we were going to set. We knew she was ready when she came with a Google document and said, I want to share with you why I want a cell phone and I want to share with you what I understand you want from me as I use a cell phone. Wow. Yes. <laughs> we thought, you got it, you got it, kid. You got it. And we took and we took that and we um, we had a few modifications and we said we want to support you in this. We believe that given what you said, you're in a good place to do this. Here's a few additional pieces. What do you think? And she said yes. And we knew she was ready because she was willing to work with us to help her use it responsibly. And now she watches a lot of her friends struggle to engage with each other. And because she didn't have it for so long, it's not an appendage for her. You know, this is the same girl who, when she was in eighth grade, had a group of her friends surround my wife, who's five foot one. And eighth grade girls, many of them are, you know, up to five, five, six. I mean, they're tall. They surrounded my wife and said, you need to let your daughter have a cell phone. Can you imagine doing that to your to to your parents' friends or something, or your friends' parents when you were growing up? So we held there. My daughter now she's very creative and smart. When she was in eighth grade, going into ninth grade, we live in Minneapolis. So you, you, high school, you take the city bus, right? So she said, "Dad, you would be so comfortable knowing that if I have to take the city bus." If I have a way to get a hold of you, and I just think that this would be really helpful for you. And I said, sweetie, that's so thoughtful. You worry so much about my anxiety. I'm so grateful that you're so thoughtful about that. However, I never want to make a parenting decision out of my anxiety. <laughs> so while I appreciate you being thoughtful about that, I'm, I'm not in a position to make that decision right now. So be, be really uh, mindful about how, how and when you provide that. Your, your children need to be ready to work within a framework. And if they're not, and if you've already gone down that road, it's okay to reset. Be really, as, as uh, Pastor Lindsay said, be really empathic when you do it. Own, this is on me, kiddo. Your mom and I, your dad and I, we did not do a great job of leading you into the 
responsible use that I think we wanted to. Now, there's lots of ways you use this responsibly. We sometimes have some concerns. This is on me. This is on us. Right? So if you do choose to change things, own that. This is going to be uncomfortable in part because I didn't lay this out well the way that now I realize I would have wanted to. Okay? Own it. Take it all on. Okay? Uh, maybe some closing closing thoughts here um, yeah. when to get help. Yeah, and this is stuff we, we work with, unfortunately. You know, you're, um, we see that kids have gone down this hole, that they are doing the almost the 24 hours a day, um, like gaming on their phones, um, you know, where they do have the depression, they do have the suicidal thoughts, they do have the anxiety. Um, because so that is the time to get support right when you're un unable to implement these rules and changes um, in the behaviors when it's just hard because it is hard i mean all of this is is super hard and you see the kids anger and you see that it's their right arm that you're taking um when you start to put these rules into place um again like the escalation with rules and boundaries again we see also sometimes that parents aren't aligned with this one has a different way oh it's okay i would you know i need this oh i actually do want them to have a phone on the bus because that's a safety issue and you know and the parents aren't aligned and one parent saying no they don't need it you know <laughs> they're fine um but getting parents aligned so that the kid cannot use either side right um and then again getting that they're they're holding some things we've also seen where kids have said well i'm, I'm just i'm quitting basketball i'm quitting you know i'm just to stay home and just do yeah i mean they will hold things against you if you don't give me your my phone i'm you know i'm not going out ever then because you know i'm gonna have no friends so they're, you know? they're <laughs> leveraging their well-being yep. their wellness <laughs> to get you to cave yep. because they know yep. a good parent would care about my well-being yep. You and must that, people do, right? You know, yeah. you're like, oh, I want you to play basketball. Fine. Yep. You know, yep. and it's like, okay, okay. Yep. So that's where, that's the support when you need some support with that. Yep. Um, and we see, too, a children has disappeared. They're really in their room all the time. I mean, they're, right, there's times when kids are in their room. It's okay. But when that's their only outlet, they don't have social outlets, they don't have, you know, they're not succeeding in school. They're not doing their sports, their music, things like that. We, we don't know all the ins and outs of technology the way our children do. We don't need to. It may be helpful for us to have them teach us, but we don't need to to, to be able to, to uh, support them with um, uh, setting some boundaries for some of the things that we talked about tonight. Sleep, relationships in the real. And we don't need to convince them. It's not our job to convince them. Oh, I didn't even get to share my rice cake analogy. Does anybody eat rice cakes? You guys don't like those, right? They're not food, right? It's kind of like styrofoam. But if that's all you ate, your body would kind of think it's sort of food, right? And, and in terms of relationships and the kind of sustenance that technology gives us in terms of how we connect and feel connected, it's kind of like eating a rice cake. Right? And many of our children have been raised on rice cakes. That's what they're eating. So they think that that's what's going to keep me going. And part of what we're saying is, no, this over here is going to be better for you. And they're saying, no, I don't know that. This is what works for me. Fine, I'll put a little peanut butter on it. You know? And, and so that's part of what we're doing is trying to, we've got to be careful not to convince them and, and instead lead them. Okay? Lead them, don't convince them.
Um, Dana and I care uh, uh, deeply about working with families, working with kids. Part of our practice is really to support um, uh, parents and leaders in, in working together uh, to lead children. So if there are ways that, that you know folks that are um, needing, wanting support like that, um, we'd be happy to be a, a resource. And we just really enjoy and appreciate working with uh, Meeting House and getting to reconnect with you guys. So, um, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Can you bring your cards with you? Uh, yeah, Dana's got some I guess somewhere. Just leave a few little yep. Yep. yep, yep, There might be time for like the fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Keep in mind we're still recording, um, just uh, just so you know you don't want to um, open up everything. But um, but if there are questions about what we presented, be happy that might be helpful. You think for everybody it might be helpful. Keep in mind I know everything, so you're not going to stump me. Do you have any guidance, or is there any research about amount of time based on age? You know, like well, what's What's the okay amount of time versus okay? Well, now okay, that's too much time. Yeah, the APA does use um, um, the American Pediatrics Academy does use uh, uh, some some metrics like that. I think for me, for me, I'm a little bit more comfortable um, uh, kind of identifying um, uh, ways that I see you know young people living their life. Right, so if they are committed to being involved in a sport and an instrument and going outside and playing with neighbors, um, I'm not as concerned if they pull everybody together and uh, you know spend a whole day um, gaming online with their friends, and then the next Saturday they're going to plan to you know watch a football game together, watch a movie together. Um, so I, I don't know if I'm as concerned about the, the, the quantifiable time as how are they showing up in other dimensions? How are they showing up in family? Are they making a contribution to the, to the family? Are they taking out the trash? Are they um, laughing at the dinner table with us? You know, I think it's, that's, I'm, I'm more comfortable using that as a, a metric. Um, yeah, it's, but it's, 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 it's more fuzzy. But, um, but the APA, if you want to look up the APA, has, has, um, uh, has some recommendations on that. When you talked about having rules for devices, mm -hmm. and you mentioned picking out certain social media apps that can be on a phone, mm -hmm. knowing that there'll be new apps coming mm -hmm. out that we aren't, I'm like not gonna, I have like a five, you know, a six year old, mm -hmm. a three year old, we don't have yep. time. Yep. I'm not gonna keep track of all that stuff. Yep. Do you have kind of like a, um, ways to determine what would be good yeah. to include and what would not be? Uh, How do you make that choice? Yeah, so um, so common sense media would be a good place to go and evaluate that. Um, for for me, what we we have set up, I'm we're not Apple users, but my wife has an Apple account, um, and so my children love Apple stuff. So our our two our oldest, we're, she's on her own with this stuff, but our middle guy, um, uh, what we've set up is she's the the authorized. Um, uh, kind of supervisor for the account. So any app he tries to download has to have permission. So it gives us a chance to reflect on whether or not this is an appropriate app for him. So there are ways that you can provide that kind of oversight. Um, I'd be careful about using digital tools to, to sort of um, uh, kind of handle our, our parent responsibility. You know, the expectation, kiddo, is that we go through your phone and you're going to ask me about apps 
And if I see apps on here that I didn't okay, we're going to talk about it and then we're going to delete those apps. Um, but there are there are some. This one is helpful for us because it, it keeps um, Snapchat is the one that we really don't want on our 15 year old's um, uh, phone. Um, but I think it's it use some use common sense media, evaluate it, talk with your kid. This is this one's okay. Here's why. This one's not okay. Don't convince them. Just this is my framework on it. That helpful. Okay. And they can even schools are great resources, like a school counselor or something. It's a great to see what they're seeing, you know, pop up or what might not be. So because then the kids will find it. They'll find the, the inappropriate one. Yep. Um, so always you can reach out to them or see that too. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. I just would make one more comment. Uh, my son, who's 38 years old. Uh, uh, he, he has a YouTube channel where he plays the video game, the sports video game, yeah. and he's yeah. got a following of people who yep. watch him play the game. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I thought, wow, yeah. <laughs> we've yep. come that far. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that, can, that can be okay. I mean, that's, you know, us watching our, our athletes, right, do their thing. Yeah. Um, when my whole life begins to, to surround that, and if that becomes my identity and my, and my only community, that's when that can start to be problematic. So YouTube, Twitch, that's a big gamer place where people watch other gamers. Mm -hmm. Not a bad thing. However, if that's where our identity is starting to form, then we're not developing that in the physical world in, in relationships. We're missing intimacy. We're missing deep connection. We're missing authentic friendship. Can I just make one more comment? Uh, being a ministry, you might expect me to say something like this. but. You know, just as one of the things we say all the time is that you know, parents are the are the primary spiritual developers of their kids. They're the ones, the examples, that they're talking about it. And, and, and just as we say that about faith, one of the things I was listening to you guys saying, we have to do the same thing in so many other aspects of our life as we think about the challenges yeah. and, and the nurturing that we do as we think about their safety as well is is there are those very important values that I heard you say that when we're reading the, the contract, mm -hmm. there's really important values that we have. Yeah. So it's our responsibility, our job, our opportunity, our privilege yeah. yep. to, to pass those on. Yeah. And that, that means not only like our faith, but yep. also, you know, social. Yes, and everything. Things like this. Every dimension of parenting and supporting our kids, nurturing our kids and challenging our kids. Every dimension, we have the opportunity to pass on values. And we miss that opportunity if we just focus on rules. So be careful that we're not focusing on rules. Because why? that I don't, this doesn't make sense to me. Why? This is just a rule, right? So it's a great point from, from your pastor. He's a smart guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I know we, some of you have kids to pick up, but I just wanted to say thank you, Matt and Dana, so much. Yeah. It's so grateful you would be here. Thank you. And then I just wanted to also share this little survey that would be super helpful as we keep developing these classes. And then first Wednesday of the month, so next month in November, following right on the heels of technology, we're going to be talking about raising kids with mental health in mind, and specifically talking about anxiety, because we know that's right. So, save the day, and still connect it to technology. Yeah. Thank you all so much. All right.